Welcome to the Latin Wealth Podcast, a podcast dedicated to educating the Latino community about entrepreneurship, investing, and business. Yo, what's going on, Latin Wealth family? Welcome to another episode to Wealth Wednesday. I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now, the number one platform show for Latinos out there that are looking to get information about entrepreneurship, business, financial literacy. You tell me another episode, another podcast platform out there that's being as consistent as we are it's, it's no shade it's no shade we're all in it together to win but let's put some respect on our name you know what i'm saying we're continuing to get better every single week we're continuing to grow and we we want to be the best flat out we want to give you guys the best information the best interviews and the best content possible so with that being said go ahead and share this episode with somebody else that needs to hear this content this information because today we're talking about credit card debt in the united states how it's toppled over one trillion dollars uh we're also talking about the small business administration they actually are celebrating latino entrepreneurship and we want to talk about some different resources that they're providing for latino entrepreneurs out there and we're also going to talk about how to deal with stress right it's it's something that everybody deals with, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're an investor, or you work a nine to five regular job, you know, we all deal with stress in some type of way. So we want to tap into, you know, how we deal with it, maybe give some statistics and whatnot on how to help you guys out. But before we jump into all that, you guys already know, we got to introduce our guy, Jeremiah. What's going on, bro? How you living? What's going on, man? Um, I think this is going to be. I know we keep, uh, and I do this every time, but I think that <laughs> probably our, the stuff that we're going to be discussing today is going to provide some value to people that they didn't know they were going to get. Right? Yeah. They always know they're going to get dope stories. You're going to get dope relatability, right? That tells you how to help with whatever it is that you're dealing with. But I think today you're going to get some resources and some things that are definitely going to help in the space of business. A hundred percent. Love that. So let's, let's jump right into it. You know, um, Jeremiah and I text about like, yo, what should we talk about? What are some articles and whatnot? And for the intro topic that we usually talk about, usually something that's not related to business, entrepreneurship. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it's personal, right? So we like to get personal with y'all. And I was like, yo, what, what should we talk about? What should we break the ice with? And he said, stress. And I'm like, man, that is great timing because I'm sure a lot of us are dealing with it, whether, again, you're a business owner, you got a family, maybe you're looking for a job. Um, man, we want to talk about how we deal with stress. So I want to read off a couple of statistics and I'm going to slide it your way after. Jeremiah says 46% of people reported that, that they ate too much or ate unhealthy due to stress. 46% of people. 29% of people reported that they had started drinking or increased their drinking. And 16% reported that they started smoking or they increased their smoking due to stress. And then the last one I'll read off is 51% of people or adults who felt stress reported feeling depressed and 61% of people reported feeling anxious due to stress, right? And there's many things that cause stress, but talk to us, Jeremiah, what, what are your thoughts about those statistics and, you know, anything that you have to give as well? So anytime that you're dealing with stress, this is an unwanted or 
undesired feeling of pressure. Mm. And it could be something from internal, from an internal factor. It could be something from an external factor. Externally, someone passes away. Externally, Mm. you can't pay your bills. Externally, um, your boss at your job is always riding you and, and you can't ever seem to get the credit or the, you know, the admiration or encouragement that you need at your job internally. You don't know quite how to process the, the passing of someone. And so your emotions have been messed up mentally. You're not at your, at your best, right? Um, you're very hard upon yourself. So although externally people may see you as winning, internally you're very hard on yourself and you know that you could go harder or you know mm-hmm. that you should be further along, even if you're doing extremely well. And so this is pressure that is, you know, being exerted either from an external or internal force. In a lot of cases, it doesn't really matter which, although I would say internally probably is the worst, you know, having that pressure upon yourself because you can't escape it, right? Something external, you pay the bill, it kind of goes away, goes away, right? Um, You sit down and have a conversation with your boss and then you're starting to treat, they treat you better, right? But internally, if you're dealing with something in your mind or in your spirit, right, and it's just bothering you, you can't really escape yourself. And so those things tend to last longer and seem to be a little bit heavier. I would say that, in a lot of cases, um, people feel like you have to be under a certain amount of stress to be successful, mm-hmm. right? And would I say that sacrifice and stress are equal or that they correlate to each other? In some cases, right? I'm not saying that all pressure is bad, but humans just weren't meant to be consistently under stress. And you see it all the time. I mean, look at the, basically what you're saying is vices increased when people yeah. are under stress. Right. Uh, and vices don't have to just be drugs or drinking. It could no. also your vice could also be negative thinking. So if mm-hmm. your vice is negative thinking, you feed into that when you're under, you know, additional stress. And so the thought process is it's when things come because you're never going to stop as long as you're alive. Right. You're going to have stimuli stuff mm-hmm. from your external and your internal is going to be stimulating your mind or your emotions. So you got to figure out just how to deal with it. We talked about earlier. It was like you know, do I go to the gym, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to the gym. I want to work it out. I get that emotion out, right? I'm going to just go hard in the gym. And it's an option, very healthy option for some people. Some people like to run, mm-hmm. right? Other people like to draw. Um, other people write poems. Uh, you know, some people sing. There's all these different things that you can do, but the goal is to make sure that even as you're looking to release that stress, that you're doing it healthily and it doesn't become excessive, whatever it is that you're doing. 100%. And what do you mean by that? I mean, hey, we say everything in moderation, right? And so it's understanding that if you work out, uh, if you if you just if you like to draw, let's use that one. If you like to draw whenever you're stressed out, it just kind of relaxes. But if you're always drawing, mm-hmm. you're not really dealing with the root, mm-hmm. which is there's something that is consistently keeping me stressed. We're just treating a symptom, right? And so we're drawing to try to treat, you know, get, get us to feeling better. But I think that whenever it comes to stress, number one thing that I always do is I assess what's causing the stress. I want to know the mm-hmm. root of it. Mm-hmm. It's internal and it's just me. And okay, got it. I'll make sure that I need to get myself together and, uh, you know, I need to get my thought process together. 
if it's external, then what are the like what are the ways that I can actually kill this? What are the ways that I can go and remedy whatever this is that is causing my stress? And if you can't do that, then you need to try to figure out that you get in that situation, right? Um, because sometimes people are like, oh, well, there's bills that they're like I've heard people be like, well, there's bills that I just can't pay. Mm. Well, I got to that point. I mean, it got there in some way, right? Or the, the, there's mm-hmm. some interaction of yourself that created you to get to that point. And so you got to go and assess uh, and, and actually assess how did you get to this point if mm-hmm. you can't pay it or you can't deal with the external uh, stress causer. So mm-hmm. for me, that's that's some of the some of the things that I do. Um, and me personally, what I do is I think the gym is a healthy one. I also like to just sit and reflect. I'll literally sit and I'm a person that just likes to sit and think by a long time. Like meditation is basically what it is. I mm-hmm. sit and just kind of process my thoughts and align them out and figure out solutions that are based to those thoughts. Those are the things that I do. What about you, Chris? What's what's your things you do? Yeah, so I want to go over something that my therapist actually recommended to me. Awesome. It's a document that she sent over and she's like, yo, anytime you're dealing with stress, read over this. And a lot of these things you mentioned, we naturally do. So it's the acronym. Um, and it the acronym is accept, right? A-C-C-E-P-T-S, accept, right? So basically the A stands for activity. So you mentioned anything physical, going to the gym, that's probably like my biggest outlet is doing something active because I notice anytime I feel anxious or I feel stressed, a lot of time it's stored up energy and I need to do something with it. So I'll go to the gym. I'll go on a run. I'll do something to like, just. it may sound crazy, but just like beat myself up and get tired. So like, I'm not stressing no more. And I'm not, you know, yeah. I don't have all that stored up energy. The second one is contribute. Focus on someone or something other than yourself. Now, I think this is big because, again, anytime, maybe you do this as well. Anytime I'm feeling like a little stressed or like maybe I want to remove myself or just an outlet, I'll pull up a picture of my niece or my nephew or I'll FaceTime them. And like the joy I feel afterwards, I just totally forgot about my stress and I can dive back into the work. Um, Maybe you do that with your family. But so you got A, you got C. Another C is comparison. Now, be careful with this one, but I think what they mean by this is compare your situation to maybe others that are less fortunate, right? At the end of the day, if you're watching this, listening to this, you probably have a phone, you're probably living in America, and you're, you are probably well off, more well off than other people in the world are, right? You probably have things that other people don't have. And we talk about all the time, like, if you woke up with an able body and a and, and a sound mind, then you're blessed. You have a yep. lot more than others have. Um, and if you're living in America, then you're you're technically rich compared to other countries out there, right? So being careful with the with the com- comparing situation, but you know, just look at like, yo, what I have is 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 a lot more than what others have, right? Um, emotions for E do something that will create a compelling emotion for you. So if you're feeling sad, you know, watch a funny movie. If you're feeling nervous, you know, listen to some some soothing music. This is something that I do a lot in the morning. Like as much as I love hip hop, you know, shout out to uh, the 50th year anniversary of hip hop and whatnot. But that stuff in the morning, just, just 
again, it, it shakes up that energy that I don't need right now. Right. So I get, get up in the morning, listen to gospel, listen to like some classical, maybe in the afternoon, I'll play some hip hop or something like that when I'm cooking or going to the gym, um, pushing away. I think Jeremiah, you spoke about this before we hit record is like, yo, when you get those negative thoughts in your head, you instantly push those away. You push away those negative thoughts. You push away those emotions and you focus on the positive, the positive aspects in which you can control. Um, T is for thoughts. When your emotions take over, try to focus on your thoughts. Count to 10, uh, recite a poem or uh, read a book or something. I think this also uh, attests to what you were saying about meditation, right? Being mindful, bringing yourself to the present moment, not thinking too much about the future or the past. And the last one is sensation. So I don't really have one for this, but I think it, it's saying something like, look, feeling something physical that will distract you from your negative emotions. So if you have like a Rubik's cube or if you have like a stress ball, something like that, just to get your mind off of, you know, the, the present stress. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to break that down. The acronym is accept activities, contribute, comparison, emotion, pushing away thoughts and sensations i love that one i think something that you said that i just thought about is when you were saying comparing to be careful with it you do have to be careful but then i was thinking about um what if you compared how far you've come what if you compare yeah. how blessed you are in today versus the you from five years ago from two years ago you know mm -hmm. we're all working toward that one percent improvement daily and so what about where you are currently versus where you were Maybe that's mm -hmm. something to compare. Not even someone else's life or whatever. I know people right. are weird about that, and I get that. And so comparing just yourself, being grateful for where you are now versus where you've been. A hundred percent. I think a lot of times people talk about like, oh, I try to forget about my past or the things that happened in my past. But like you said, no, like look at how much you've grown since those moments. And those are moments you should be proud of and that you should be that you sell you should celebrate, right? So I'm not the believer to just forget about my past because it's it's part of my story. It's a testimony. And I always look at it like, yo, I've grown a lot. Sure. We can probably continue talking about stress and mental health and all of this for a whole hour long episode. You guys, you guys know I like talking about this, but we want to transition into, um, you know, credit card debt in America and how young adults are more reliant on credit cards more than ever than before um as the the countdown to paying back your student loan is is set to be lifted october the time is ticking some experts worry that once payments resume a lot of younger americans won't be able to dig themselves out of debt and pay back those student loans and pay credit cards and whatnot um it says that about 53 percent of millennials and 41 percent of gen z said they are more reliant on credit cards than ever before. And um, yeah, it, it says another 35% of Americans said they believe they're going to max out at least one of their credit cards by the end of the year, regardless of their income, whether they make a lot of money or they make a little bit of money. Uh, a lot of them say that they're going to max out at least one of their credit cards. This is crazy. It's crazy, but not crazy. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can definitely believe it. I mean, yeah. we talk about it all the time. You know, obviously, we've been on top of student 
you know, mm -hmm. college payback, right, of your actual right. uh, loan amounts, whatever that amount is, and forgiveness, the back and forth and all that. But it makes perfect sense because when you really think about it, everybody's using some type of debt. Right. right? There's, there's some type of debt coming from somewhere because mm -hmm. if you're not yeah. earning more, but yet stuff costs more, where's that money coming from? How do you make that up? Everything's costing more, but you're not really getting paid more. Something has yeah. to give, right? Yeah. And so I can definitely see, I imagine there's a whole bunch of people that are using a whole bunch of credit cards. And I want, and you know, the main thing is, is in, this is weird. I know this is whatever hindsight 2020, but in the good years, and this is, has to do with the student loan payment that are about to be reinitiated right in October. But in the good years, and you're making a whole bunch of money, Right. Or, or you're doing well, instead of just us spending it and being, you know, frivolous with it and doing whatever. Why don't we save it or at least mm. align it in an investment that's going to be making us money? So then when things like this happen in the years, kind of right, we don't have those good years, you have something to fall back on because mm. we're prepared. And so I think that is a big thing for me when I read this article and I'm just like sitting really thinking about how much more, how we crossed over a trillion dollars is because we bought into, um, you know, excessive spending. Like mm -hmm. As a society, as a generation, we bought into excessive spending. And remember when we talked about delayed gratification, this thing mm -hmm. keeps coming back up. And so we hate having delayed gratification, so we want everything now. Well, I don't have the money right now, but I got this credit card. Mm -hmm. And so I can just put it on the credit card. I'll pay for it later. And then later comes, oh, I don't actually have the money for it now either. And so I feel like, you think it'll go higher, Chris? I think it'll go, how much higher do you think it'll go? The debt ceiling, credit cards. I mean, I don't see it coming down. <laughs> I don't see it coming down anytime soon. Like like you said, like see, the mindset of consumerism is embedded in our yeah. culture and That's the it. younger generation. Yeah, It's... I don't know what to say. Like, I don't see it coming down. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And um, you got interest rate for a lot of these cards hovering about 20%, which is insane. I mean, you can't for, a even, house, like, for a 30 year loan on a house, it's 7%. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, man. So, I mean, so let, let's give the people a couple of tips out there. I don't want them to like, you know, feel like they ain't ever going to you know, get out of this situation. For me, look, at the end of the day, we got to be smarter as people. You got to, I think you got to have a strategy in place for what you're going to use the credit card for. I know there's credit card gurus out there saying, leave 5%, 10% on there. I've always been the type of person, just use it and pay it off. That's, that's me. I'd rather just have no debt, keep it clean. If I'm trying to, um, you know, take advantage of the, the rewards and the points, make sure you have a plan for that. Right. So instead of if, if it's the credit card says, hey, spend two thousand dollars and you'll get two thousand two hundred thousand dollars in points or whatever. Um, I'm probably not going to go buy a two thousand dollar TV with that. Maybe I'll be more strategic. Maybe I'll buy some equipment for the podcast or, you know, use it on podcast studio space or something like that, that I know I'm going to get a return back on my investment opposed to just buying a TV. Just just to get the point, you know what I'm saying? So for me, I've always been the type of person that just paid off. Um, yeah, and I try to be strategic as possible with, with the credit cards. I think they're definitely a tool that you can utilize, but as you can see, you can dig yourself in a hole that's going to be very hard for you to get out of. 
And then also for me, if there was any, this is my philosophy. I know other people have other thoughts and ideas about this. I'm under the assumption that I'd rather just pay off. Like if I have five credit cards, I'm going to pay off the one that has the highest interest first, in my opinion. I know a lot of people that do the snowball effects where they'll pay off the lowest amount of debt first and, you know, they can kind of roll that amount to the bigger ones. But I, I don't I don't really agree with that. I just I would rather pay the one that has the highest interest first because that thing's going to keep growing and then pay off the ones that have the lower interest. What do you what are your thoughts about that? Um, first and foremost, I'm going to keep credit utilization at 30 percent. Um, and it's a different opinion. Like you, you're like, I just use it. I'll pay it off. Well, for me, I know, I do know that they actually track the way you use it, even if you pay it off. Mm-hmm. So your utilization, because for a time period before it reports, right. Then they'll say that you, you used 90% of your credit utilization. Mm-hmm. So I just try to keep it under 30%. You have multiple cars. Obviously want to keep, that's the total amount under 30%. That's a good point. That's the, to- that's the total point. That's the total, right. Um, and your and your discipline. Let's not let's not forget that. Let's not forget that. That 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 that's yeah. That's another point. So that, <laughs> you got to have the discipline, right? That is very important. Um, keep it under thirty percent. But yeah, I would say that if you're gonna pay it off, or you're doing it the way that you're doing it, first and foremost, your credit card with the highest amount of interest that's charged to it to be the last credit card you use. You should the last one you just, use. Yes. yes. That should dang there be like they got to break your arm to make you yeah. use that credit card. It is the emergency credit card. Well, why? Because it's actually costing you more, right, to use that credit card. Mm. It's mm. the highest amount. If it's 22% interest and all the rest of your cards are 11 or 8 or 7, 5, 2, whatever it is, then use those. You'd mm-hmm. either rather have higher credit utilization on those other credit cards than putting it onto that card because it's costing you more per dollar to use that mm-hmm. credit card right? that borrowed money is very expensive and so for me that's that's what i would say if i'm looking mm-hmm. at it i would i would dang or not even use that card it's just there for emergencies i wouldn't carry it around with me like keep it in the in my drawer or something if i needed yeah. it obviously it's there but i don't use it it's not in my pocket it's not in my wallet yeah i'm not gonna lie i have a i have a what is it the chase sapphire card and i think yeah. i think it's like at 26 percent right now no lie. So I don't I, exactly what you said. Keep it in the drawer. That's exactly what I do. <laughs> I'm not using it. No. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, I don't even put it in my brain. A hundred percent. So yeah, I mean, crazy, you know. And one thing that we always want to encourage you guys that whether you're in t- some type of suit loan debt, credit card debt, there's always a way out. There's always a game plan that you can put together. Um I would highly recommend to reach out to Jeremiah or if we find somebody that's a credible source, we definitely want to link them or even probably bring them on the platform would be the, the best thing to do. But, you know, there's people in our community that are helping people pay down debt or have done it themselves. Um, sure. They've been interviewed on the podcast, you know, so um, definitely reach out to people if you are in that situation because um, it, it's not impossible to get yourself out of. Financial planning is financial planning is everything. So if you don't have a financial plan, let's sit down and create one. A hundred percent. Transitioning a little bit, we want to hit on this last topic. We mentioned that the Small Business Administration, also known as the SBA, 
is celebrating uh, Hispanic Heritage Month and Hispanic entrepreneurs um, and the effects that we've had on the U.S. economy. Um, and so with that being said, with Hispanic Heritage Month coming up, they put together this resource, this article, this page on their website that breaks down some statistics and breaks down some resources to help Latino own entrepreneurs out there. So a couple statistics for you guys, nearly one in four new business owners are Hispanic owned. Nearly 5 million Hispanic owned businesses in the United States contribute to more than $800 billion to the economy, the American economy annually. And there are over 300,000 Hispanic owned employers, businesses located across all 50 states in America, 300,000 Hispanic owned businesses. So phenomenal numbers. You know, we we know how to hustle. We know how to get it. Uh, what are your thoughts about these numbers? And I want to know your opinion about some of the resources they're offering. When it comes to the numbers, this isn't something that we don't know, right? We always know that Latinos extremely hardworking. We know that we right. put in the work, we put in the time, right? Uh, the dedication to make sure our families are cared for. And so the numbers don't surprise me, but what kind of did surprise me is the amount of actual money, right? The actual amount of funding that is, you know, spent toward the American economy from Latinos, right? 300,000 business owners. And so all that money in the billions, right, is what's actually going towards the American Mm. economy. And I say that, and I say it in that way, because, you know, um, in so many cases, Latinos as immigrants, we get such a bad rep. Um, in a lot of cases, there's, I'm not here to be political, but I know that mm. there's, you know, people that don't want us here, uh, you know, want us to just go back to where we come from and things like that. But I think it should be highly, highly scrutinized. And what's something that should be um, encouraged and something that should be, well, ed- basically edified is the amount of hard work we put in and how much money is actually going toward the American economy. So we're the exact opposite of what's being portrayed. That we're lazy, or we just come to take, you know, uh, government different programs and all that stuff like that. There's actual money and work that's being uh, created, right, to create the foundation and to further not only being good citizens, but to mm-hmm. further expand the infrastructure of what America is. So, and we're a part of that. Yeah, hundred percent. And so they have some additional resources. The SBA has additional resources for Latino-owned entrepreneurs you want to dive into that a little bit when it comes to like federal federal contracts and whatnot so you're going to have there's certain federal contracts obviously a lot of people know about daca right a lot of people Mm -hmm. have learned about daca that's the dreamers association for people that come into this country but they spent the majority of their time out here um i want to talk to i i there's a couple of ones that i like in particular i don't know if they're listed here but thrive um, emerging leaders reimagine, and so this is an intensive executive level series. And what they do is they go and they actual teach, teaching uh, Latino business owners about how they expand into uh, C-suite. What is that? That's like CEO, CFO. Mm-hmm. So they're taking young actual business owners, small business owners, and people that have an opportunity to grow and scale, teaching them how to actually do that with companies that are larger. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you said are, it's. Are, yeah, not to interrupt. You said it's called Thrive. Thrive. It's called Thrive, it, and that's the actual acronym: T H R I V E. Thrive. Emerging right. leaders reimagine. Uh, so they they talk about creating. They said that they helped them to create a three-year strategic growth action plan 
which benchmarks performance targets, teaches them how to have self-sustaining business, how to create additional jobs and build their communities. Um, lastly, it's actually the Minority Business Development mm -hmm. Agency, which is actually over helping us, right? So if you have qualms or if maybe you feel that there's some discriminatory behavior that's going on, then this is a resource and a place where you can go to actually find programs, funding grants, things like that, that are specifically aligned with minority business owners. Mm -hmm. um, and so they can help you actually maybe point you in the right direction of something that you might need. Uh, stuff's online. There's actual lo people locally that you can go and speak to as well. I think that should be highlighted because a lot of people are like, well, I want to talk to somebody in person. Okay, cool. So there's field offices, you know, and there's people in these field offices. I know out here in California, there's a SBA um, office that's over in the county. I live in Stanislaw County. It's there and they're mm. constantly putting on workshops mm. in Spanish, right? Constantly teaching about social media presence, about um, learning how to leverage social media, learning about how to actually scale your business, learning how to structure your business. So I've seen them. I've seen them active. So. No, shout out to the SBA. There's, they definitely have a lot of good resources for us out there, especially if you want to jump into doing business with the government and you want to get awarded some federal contracts some government contracts. They have um, resources such as the 8A program, the number eight in the letter A, Hub Zone. Yep, Hub Zone and Women Owned Small Business Federal Contract Program. Now, these are all different programs that, in a nutshell, you can put along your profile. And there's specific contracts out there that will be for people that have these resources and that have these attached to their profile, if that makes sense. Um, yes. But yeah, there's 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 resources out there. Like you said, there's the SBA. They're doing workshops in Spanish and whatnot. So information is definitely out there. We just have to do our part and take those steps to get that information. And something to think about, too, we always talk about mentorship. I've heard you talk about it. I've talked about it. Um, getting in with a mentor, somebody that's going to help to accelerate your game, basically, right? Someone mm -hmm. that's going to help you bypass maybe some of the some of the, the thralls of the, or the downsides to the business. If someone could tell you, hey, don't do that, I'll properly instruct you to do that, they actually have SBA mentor and uh, mm -hmm. project programs. They'll align you with a mentor that will help you in your specific industry help you to be more successful quicker this that's the goal being efficient yeah being efficient love it uh with that being said that's it for today's wealth wednesday episode if you guys enjoyed this episode or learned anything new make sure you share this episode with somebody else out there whether they're working a job trying to invest they got a business whoever it may be share this episode with that person do us a huge favor and with that being said it's the latin wealth family and we'll catch you guys next week peace